You are listening to The Ion Pod. This is The Ion Pack's conversation with Amalia Ullman about her debut feature-length film, El Planeta. It's premiering at Sundance 2021 on January 30th at 6 p.m. and also February 1st at 10 a.m. You can still buy tickets at sundance.org. This conversation's from back in December, and it was originally a Patreon-only episode, uh, but now we're unlocking it. But if you'd like to see the video of this interview and also just hear more fire interviews in general and support us, go to patreon.com slash theionpack. You won't regret it. Here we go. Grain. I won Sunday. It's a 24. Reduced black ratio. Wes Anderson's Wes Anderson. Steven Sonnenberg's song. He's embarrassing. Instagram. Rub Vaseline on a lens. Yeah. I had Vaseline in plastic pouches. Ah, you don't see a film and say, Joe Schmo did the fucking food. You are a creative. We get it. M. Night Shalaman. Left-wing politics. Creative people. Big shouts. Beautiful girls. Beautiful girl. Relationship with a girl. Making out is the greatest. This is how I would like. This is a film. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. Filmmaking. Filmmaking. What, no Q&A? As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. Spike Young sucks bad. All right, here we are with Amalia Ullman. We're live. Welcome to the Ion Pod with Amalia Ullman. What's this, episode 21? Episode 21. Or, well, no, because it's not going to come out for the rest of the Oh, yeah, you're probably going to be like 25. Mid, okay. Mid-December? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we just watched your new movie, which you should say the name of. El Planeta. El Planeta. Yeah, El Planeta. yeah I was afraid I was going to pronounce it wrong. But um, El Planeta, uh, what can you tell us about it? Ooh, um, Plug in, it. In general? <laughs> yeah, give the elevator pitch. Oh, the elevator pitch is, um, so it's a movie about two uh, mother and daughter scammer duo from Spain that are about to get evicted. And in the movie, we see them trying to grasp onto their whole life uh, in this downward spiral. Um, that's pretty much it. And it's your actual mother. It's my actual mother in the film, yes. Yeah, I, I didn't know that beforehand, but I, I knew it had to be. It felt like it. Yeah, like <laughs> as soon as she started, I was like, oh, that has to be her real mom. There's a rapport there that's, yeah, I don't think you can act. Mm? Uh, there's a rapport there that I don't think can be faked. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was very interested in, in portraying that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a parallel to your actual relationship or experience with your mother? Mm, sort of. I mean, a lot of, like, technically, like, everything is fiction in the film. It's like a composite of a bunch of different stuff. So. Um, but there's definitely certain things that we've gone through ourselves and I was trying to salvage that, right. uh, which in some parts were like hard to recreate because, um, uh, there was a crew around. My mom didn't want to <laughs> be too mean. Were you mean? Um, not really. I was just trying, uh, for her to, um, Mm, put all the work in a way yeah. as an actress and not be lazy um 
I feel like many ways, like she didn't want to admit to herself that she had been maybe cruel in real life. (laughs) 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 Um, I think that was like the biggest challenge in general was like to try to get her to insult me or things like that. (laughs) She was like, why would I do that? (laughs) It's like, well, because you have done that. (laughs) Um, Was this your first time acting though? Oh, it's my first time acting in a, yeah, like a film, but obviously I've right. done fiction in my work before. Right. But I mean, it's uh, different in the but sense that... It was your mom's first time too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you um, just about m- moving into making a film at all, because I was hmm. familiar with your previous work, yeah. and I was I was very intrigued when I found mm-hmm. out that you had a movie coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... I mean, everything's kind of connected. I feel like I've been doing, you know, the writing, the directing, the costumes, all that stuff separately. And then it was just a change of format in a way. Um, Do you see it as like a performance art in any way? No, I see it as definitely it's a film. Like it's like also it follows very traditional structure and things like that. And... Um, I never intended for it to be like an art, an art film. Or, right. Um, it feels very yeah. sincere. It is. Which <laughs> I was very surprised by. I mean, I, I love that about it. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's why I think it resonated with us so much, is that it felt like a sincere, very good movie, rather than something that was, you know, had some sort of gimmick. Like, if it, it, was, it was emotional, and, uh, yeah, we should say we really liked it. <laughs> Yeah, it was insane heat. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because, it, it, I mean, you're, everything, your previous work is very, you know, social media based and uh, in character and internet based. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, it was really a departure from it. It really felt, you know, more rooted in, you know, a tradition of filmmaking as opposed to like a modernist, uh, mm. anything connected to really social media. Or net art or whatever you want to call right, it. Right, yeah. I mean, um, um, I guess it was only the, the fact that I did those things before. Um, it was just because that's what I had access to right, right. in a way. Um, it's not like I had all these tools, like all the tools in the world and I decided to, yeah, <laughs> to right. do it. Um, it was more like this is what I have. At hand. Like I always worked with things that are like readily available you know yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and i like that i don't like taking um manipulating things too much or like i like taking things as they are um and i feel like it took me a long time to get to the point of making a film because of the resources that one must right have right. to do that and um especially like working with a whole cr- like everything ever in my practice i've done absolutely on my own completely alone yeah yeah, right. yeah. Um, here and there I would maybe like hire someone to do like a specific job, but like in the end I would be like editing or everything on my own and stuff. So I think like the biggest departure was to learn to work with a crew. Um, how did you assemble that crew or like how was the process of being collaborative? Cause I know that's like a, that's a big hurdle. If you do ever, if you're used to doing everything by yourself. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, (laughs) on the internet. (laughs) It was like a, a long process, and I feel there was like a different different steps to to yeah. getting to that point. Um, 
I'm autistic. So for me, like uh, to communicate to people what I need or like what, you know, like it's harder than learning to do it myself, you know, like uh, it's so scary. I mean, now not that much, but like before, like it would be so scary to like reach out to someone and like that. Then I'll be like, no, 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 then I'll. I'll learn to code. <laughs> like I'll learn to, to whatever before I have to ask someone for help. Um, and then I was in this big um, bus crash and I was hospitalized for like two months and I had to walk again. And then obviously I had to ask for help. <laughs> and I think that was like the first step into like, okay, well, I have to ask for help. And, yeah. and had to like reach out to my friends and be like, please bring me juices and vegetables to the hospital because <laughs> the food sucks <laughs> and you like not being able to do it by myself that was like the first step and then very slowly I feel like my works started getting more and more difficult mm-hmm. and more and larger and larger like you know and then I would have a lot of people working for me right. um, slowly you know like I wouldn't even notice about the the transition but like then for a show, I would have like 10 people working under my, you know, and right. and then I realized that I was dealing with like a pretty much a whole crew yeah. <laughs> at some point. And, and that's where like, I was like, well, then I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. I've been doing it, but like in little bits and pieces. And the process to getting this crew in particular was very hard because I haven't lived in Spain for a very long time. And I only keep... Uh, like two or three friends, you know, since I, um, so when I had the idea of making the film and I knew that, you know, for whatever reason, for it being more comfortable, but also to get money from the Spanish government or whatever, that like most of the crew had to be Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a long, long process, like asking my oldest friend, be like, hey, like, who do you know in film? So like most of the crew was not, mostly was not people you knew beforehand. Mostly not, but uh, then we had it was an amazing experience. It was like the best crew, and I would love to keep on working with them uh, because everyone was so talented. We were there were only five people. (laughs) That's that's better. That's the best way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and the photographer truly. I mean, he did that with no money. Like we had a black magic, and he he did put all the work to make it look the best as possible with the little that we had. Yeah, I wanted to comment on that because like the look of the film is is great, and um, I like black magic cameras. <laughs> like I think you can manipulate the image to look good. You're you're being yeah, filmed I mean, with the black it, magic it does, camera. I mean, it does require the t- talented. I am photographer and color it like it does need people that's the problem yeah. with the camera like the camera does this much and then like if you can handle it then it can look very very good you gotta work it yeah well that's what I like about digital uh, and not just cameras but digital in general is um, you can't really rely on it to do any kind of work for you like obviously film looks great and, good um, enough, yeah. yeah exactly and you could kind of uh, even if parts of the film don't work as well, at least it looks good. <laughs> but you really have to, you get from di- from good digital. I think you get a just a super solid uh, base to work with, and you really there's more room to kind of put your thumbprint on it, and um, there's also more pressure. Like you have to work harder to make it uh, feel as nice. But it you I think there's a bigger uh, opportunity to have your thumbprint on it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. Um, I chose uh, Carlos, the cinematographer, because when I watched his reel, he was the only one who had shot... Um, this would be his second feature film. The other one uh, is a film called Yo La Busco, and that was shot with like a Canon uh, DSLR. And yeah. Like, and it looks great. And yeah. I was like, well, if this guy can do, you make know, make this look good, good yeah. then I want to work with him. Because then there was a lot of, of these snobby cinematographers from Spain. That, and I was like, I'm, you know, I, I feel like flexibility was a very important part in this film. Because yeah. it's so low budget and yeah. people had to love it and be flexible. You know, yeah. I couldn't get someone that would be like, that's not my job. Right, not, right. You know, because uh, we were all multitasking and... Um, my the assistant director Carmen, she was also I don't know production assistant. It was she was everything, and she um, I had worked with her in the past. Um, she interned for me in Los Angeles, and she was amazing. Um, and then I was like, okay, she's the perfect person to do. So she wore job. multiple hats. Yes, and she didn't mind. Like you know, like she just wanted to get the job done. And I feel I like think everyone. That's the best way. Yeah. yeah, everyone involved in the film was like that and that right. was like a great feeling that you know so did you write a script and then like pitch it to someone or raise any money like what was the <laughs> <laughs> we gotta bring it up <laughs> no no it's totally fine because it, it was like a, such a funny um story of how everything happened mm -hmm. um Tell it. it's um basically it's a story of being stubborn <laughs> like just like keep on going uh, even though everything was kind of against me making the film. Um, so I got some money through like uh, some art grants. Um, and then I was expecting to be able to get some money from, from Spain. But the problem, I mean, from like, you know, the grants that they do for cinema, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The problem is that because I come from the art world, I my CV, according to them, was zero. Like, right. like I haven't done anything in my entire life. And that was, that was, you know, I was like, well, that's not really true. But like, of course, they're asking me for all these very specific things. And I don't have that. And also, I didn't manage to get any um, Spanish production company to get involved. No one was interested. Like, no one at all. After seeing the deck and the script and stuff. Um no one was interested, and that was the the crucial part because it's so tax related in Spain to get the money for for making films right. that without that i I couldn't ask for it myself. you know like you have to be registered in the system that is the i c a a and it's everything is tax related and it's very a lot of people are very scared about it because instantly you can commit fraud even without knowing it and it's like a whole ordeal right. so it's not a, a field where you can ask for favors and be like hey like just pretend to be my producer i'll do the work or right, <laughs> you know, right. like anything like that um so i ended up just like grabbing money from here and there from art stuff like try to convince people like hey i really want to make this film please i don't know buy a work and i'll do I'll juggle these things for you in a yeah. year and like do a show or like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And um, so you're your producer. You did it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the the saddest thing of that process is that um, I secured the money myself, and I thought the the Spanish production company that I was in touch would still be part of the project, even though 
you know. Um, but they weren't because the money didn't come from Spain. And the only, their only role is to do accounting in a way. Right, right. And last minute, they were like, oh, we're, but we're not part of the project because you didn't get the money well, the yeah. proper way. And I was like... You got to get the money in the what? proper way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of my fundraising was walking around Shanghai with a backpack full of cash. <laughs> so it, it wasn't <laughs> the, the proper way. You had cash all. in a backpack and that's how you raised money? You, I was giving money like that uh, from one of the people that funded the movie and who told me I don't give a shit about your film (laughs) (laughs) I just want my museum to be famous Uh, and I was like I'll try my best I don't understand you were giving out money no she I was given money for the film oh you were given money I see I see Um, so yeah like everything was like here and there and just like doing it on my own but um, but yeah, like that was the the saddest thing about the Spanish funding, and it was also because there was a change of government or something. So like it was t- taking longer for the how is it called? Um, I don't know the grants or whatever to mm-hmm. come out. Yeah, right. Um, and I was like, I can't wait because I have already like all these people are gonna come to this city in October, you know, and. Uh, they were coming from all over the place, you know, even though they were, a lot of them were Spanish, but like they were from either from other provinces or they lived in Europe somewhere else. And then of course, one of them came from China. Like, uh, so I was like, well, I'll just make it. And then I was very lucky because then COVID happened. So I was like, thank God I didn't wait for, uh, for Spanish grants or anything. Um, And that's it. So yeah, the, and then obviously that only covered up to the shoot. Yeah, then for post, what you And do? then for post, it was easier because I had all this material and it looked great. And then people right. were like, oh, this is done. <laughs> <laughs> and That's no, when people will give you money is once yeah. they're like, oh, you did it already. Here's. They're like, oh, you did it and there's no debt. Like, exactly. And it's like, yeah. it looks good. Yeah, yeah let's, <laughs> let's right. get this done. Um, so then you worked with more production companies to finance post stuff after in that. In the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it um, yeah. Cool. So, and that's how... I got it finished, but... And did you edit it yourself, or were there editors? No, there was definitely editors. Um, I, I'm weird at editing. I don't know if I'm, that's my forte. Like, I feel <laughs> like I, I, there's a lot of things that I happily can do, but editing, I shouldn't be too close to it, I feel like. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I overlook way. it, like, you know, and I know how to use the software and stuff, but, like... You're too close know. to it. It's yeah, weird. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I did work with um, two editors... One is Katie McQuarrie, um, who was like the bigger editor in the mm-hmm. film because she comes from film. Like she edited the Coen Brother movies, uh, but also she has done, she edited Matthew Barney's uh, films and Pierre Huey. So she also had a... She did Cream Master or like another one? Mm, one of the Cream Masters, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, I believe so. Um, big shots to the Cream Master cycle. Yeah, big shots. Yeah, big shots. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I think it's better to work with editors. I think in all arts today, everyone's instinct is to do everything themselves because now with you know the internet and like being able to do this shit on a laptop, it's just easy. You have this access that mm-hmm. you know previous generations didn't have. And obviously that's kind of the instinct to do it all yourself. Yeah. I think the more, even if you, you know, have a really specific... Yeah plan i think the more 
eyes and ears and hands on something because uh, it, it's they something can be changed that's just so blatantly obvious that you would never see because when you're that close to it you just really kind of lose perspective very quickly i think totally also there's tricks of the trade i feel like the other editor that i work with and he was like the one doing more like the bulk work and like yeah. kind of put the film together roughly he's also from the arts he used to work with the uh, Ryan Tricarding and stuff and like big and shots to Ryan Tricarding big shots, <laughs> big shots <laughs> totally and and he's a really good editor but he's not from film you know right, right. and we were both fascinated by the changes that Katie would add right. to the film and we were like damn that like now is a film right. <laughs> and like, it would be like little things like little like little cuts and little yeah like yeah. little stuff um and another thing that was like very important for me to learn um, or like to change my mindset is like how much things can be like how much visual effects can help like like little things yeah. um, that I had never thought about you know like there's um, effects in the movie some of them yeah like, I mean you don't they're not like yeah. explosions or anything and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I think my my favorite one is like the the gynecologist scene where like a lot of people in one of the screeners originally had trouble understanding what it was so we added posters to the scene <laughs> and also obviously like the waiting room music and like mm. uh, we added like and that's why I'm referring by you know visual effects or like those kind of effects right. that, that was for me like a big learning curve to be like oh that could change so much yeah. like I never thought about that you know yeah. um so yeah it's a movie you can do anything yeah right like i'm not i don't know like i feel like my <laughs> mind was not there i was like oh um if we can't reshoot it we can't you know yeah, do yeah, anything yeah. but mm -hmm. well, uh, so do you um okay here's another question i had so you were kind of off social media around mm. when you were you weren't online as much as you used to be for a little while right um, yeah, I mean, I I was n never, I mean, uh, unless I'm working on like a scripted something, um, I'm very active in my private accounts because yeah, I've always been like, yeah, I was, I was wondering if you were off or if there was some, some burn. No, she's always active. That's what I'm I always about. active because I love, I mean, I'm from, I come from that, you know, I come from like being a weirdo online with yeah, online exactly. friends, but yeah. like, um, but they have to be my friends. I mean, right. I think there's like a very big difference between that kind of old internet where like you just with your friends in like a forum or something, mm -hmm. or you're like this persona that is selling something and like right. people you know get against you or like there's haters and like, right. you know, like yeah. I, I don't do you have those private accounts now yeah i mean i do have a private account where yeah. it's mostly to check on what my friends are doing and like, right. you know and it's um no but is there any like like un undercover performance stuff happening no no because we've had suspicions <laughs> we really no um no, not really. I mean, I've posted some stuff on the main account about the film just because, like, still so many people follow it and stuff. But um, I'm, like, I'm the t a terrible influencer. I, <laughs> I, I'm very bad at it. Like, well, I, I wish I was good at it. I just, like, <laughs> I'm... No, um, you were, like, the first to do that thing. I mean, like, the, that I was aware of at the time. Um, 
Yeah, but I don't know. There's something not. To, I don't want to use the R, the R word. <laughs> so say use it. Slow. I'm slow. <laughs> um, so like, uh, I mean, as an influencer, like a brand would send me something, right? And I come to like realize that I have to take a picture of it like a month afterwards. Because <laughs> right, you know? right. I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not good at it. I just right. don't. I don't care or something. Or I don't. That's interesting. Um, I didn't get that impression. I almost thought that. I mean, this is like really going down the rabbit hole. When we watched the movie, I was like, is this like a performance of like a, a serious filmmaker? Like it almost felt like for a second, I was like, whoa, is this really advanced? And like, she's playing the character of filmmaker, which I could see. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I really love the, how um, specific, like the persona of like filmmaker, like, like even the language and stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I, mm -hmm. I didn't go to film school and I had to learn all this language in the past three months when I, when things got serious and I get on these meetings and I'd be like, are you talking about <laughs> it's like the, every all the words are different why what does it mean <laughs> and and i've noticed that my my galleries when talking about the film they always say like when are you releasing the film instead of saying premiering the film like right. it's like each right. yeah, place yeah, had totally. like their own way of talking yeah, yeah, yeah um but thankfully i mean i've always loved film and i'm a sucker for film i'm kind of like the I, I love everything and i'm i'm enjoy the stupidity <laughs> of it um like not in the art world like i wouldn't feel that way at all i'm a very critical i never really liked it i was always kind of mm. but with here. film <laughs> just give me the dumb shit i yeah. love it all <laughs> i really like it all the stupid cliches everything give us some favorite yeah. big shouts to film cliches yeah just like the way producers and agents talk and like Entourage. all this yeah I, yeah i it's great i think it's so funny and so cute and um well, it's probably more it's more uh social or something than other art forms right you like i think and yes. you're interacting with people way more than you do doing any other art form Yes, and I like that because my my practice gets to feel like extremely lonely yeah, to exactly. like just like be be yourself all the time and stuff. And, and I really appreciate having a team that I can share the process with yeah. and like um, share the blame <laughs> as <laughs> well, well. Well, that's a, that's why I asked about being off social media because I wondered yeah. if that was between that and like mm. I was saying before the film being you know kind of rooted in this kind of classic uh, mm. tradition. I was wondering if that was a conscious thing because you were kind of trying to get out of maybe the previous mindset of previous work you were doing to kind of yeah. to, like put this new hat on. Sort of, I mean, hmm, I guess the the main reason for the film to be so cl classical in, uh, in the sh structure and everything was that it was the first, my first film. And I wanted to do something I could... Um, like grasp completely you know because i knew i had su such little budget such a little time to that we didn't did in like 20 days you know so yeah. everything had to be a, go according to plan um you shot it last year yes um so i felt like it had to follow a very specific structure that i could like you know like understand fully because it was my first time ever doing something like that yeah i didn't want to get like too crazy with the editing or like something that i couldn't fully handle right. in my first film um so i think that's why that also um one thing that i um try to do in this film 
because of how obviously indie it is and like you know like the style and everything and of course there's ref the, the most obvious references would be like early Jin Jarmusch or, or Hong San So and mm -hmm. things like that Uh, but also there were like a lot of hidden references to pre-code Hollywood films mm -hmm. um, that I was interested in copying um, verbatim because I knew that you no, know, it wouldn't translate exactly the same, you know? Right. Because um, the film is so contemporary that like it would never be um, seen as a copy, a carbon copy of it. Right. Um, so well you definitely yeah. achieved that tone of i, I mean i would consider yeah. like the directors are mentioning like good indie movies because sometimes people associate maybe the old definition of india as like rough and maybe mm. sort of like have a, yeah, have a slight amateurish yeah. feel but this this movie was like very elegant and very meditative and like the, i thought you got the pacing mm -hmm. like the pacing was very consistent and that was like very moving um as good indie movies are Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, I feel like many times uh, saying indie is like an excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, It doesn't feel cheap as well. Yeah, yeah. like, um, yeah, we were trying to do the best we could do within the means that we had. Exactly, yeah. 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 It didn't feel like it ever uh, reached too far for what it could do. And it didn't ever feel like it was holding back also, so. Yeah, yeah I yeah, I was very aware of that. And... And I feel like that's maybe why I chose to shoot in my hometown because before I left, um, I mean, I used to do a lot of photography, um, <laughs> like lomography and stuff when, <laughs> when I was a teenager. Holgas. Uh, Holgas, yeah. Um, but that means like I worked with film like, right. and I know how my city behaves in photography very right. well. Um, that's why black and white was a very... Uh, conscious decision yeah. because first of all because of color correcting and the amount of money that we had you know right. it's much yeah. easier to color correct black and white yeah. and make it look good than yeah. color but also I know that my city it's it's like um, like a place like Brighton or something in England. like it's gray and like the light is bad right. and like right. and I know that <laughs> and I was like this is gonna look horrible if it's color it's right. gonna be almost black and white. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things like that um, that I was very conscious about, like specifically about that town. So um, it's sort of like a desaturated town in, in, in the color scheme. In yeah. general, yeah. You can so, almost tell a little bit, which is mm -hmm. cool. Like I, I like that it's stark and punchy and contrasting in black and white. But yeah, I think that was like a cool choice. Yeah. Because in color, yeah. Yeah, so like I feel like every single choice in the movie was very like con a conscious decision and not just like a superficial decision. Um, yeah, like also like the person that worked in sound is a person that works specifically in that province, mm -hmm. and I thought that was very important because generally it's extremely windy, <laughs> and there's like you know particularities to the territory that I feel like if you are used to working with that, it's fine. But if you're not It you're might be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. How autobiographical is it? Um, a lot of it is. And even if it's not my uh, experiences, it's like experiences of my friends as well. Right. Um, the, um, the eviction is real. My mom and I okay. went through that. So that's, I wanted to like... 
yeah. rescue that those feelings in a way, um, or like yeah, like that feeling of like you have like this time left and there's right. nothing happening and you're like ah, um, going shopping, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then. The character of Amadeus is very loosely <laughs> based on a friend of mine who's Chinese and grew up in uh, in Portugal as an immigrant in one of those stores. And I met him in St. Martin's in London. Um, there's like little things here and there. And it was also about making the film realistic yeah. as well. Like I didn't want to... Like everything that is in the film is something that has happened. Mm-hmm. That uh, even if it's like sounds outrageous or something, but like I've, I know it happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that is real is, for example, the the meeting at the very beginning of the film with a potential oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, client, and like him saying that he's like twenty bucks. <laughs> uh, that's something that has had happened to me during that period of time, coming from London and be like thinking about prices like five hundred pounds or something and then yeah. like coming to the reality of like oh my god you can't even bucks, do that yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. that is not even like a way out um yeah it's like all these little things right the only way out is uh starting a patreon <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> um and it wouldn't be an ion pod episode if we didn't mm. bring up gallo oh. i <laughs> buffalo 66 influence i was getting no yes not intentionally, hmm. because we bo- I we both because uh, I no. can't remember if I've seen that movie or not. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I felt more Brown Bunny, not like as an actual influence, but just in pacing, just in like a yeah, yeah. Maybe through my mom, because my mom is a movie buff, and she she I think she likes Vincent Gallo. Well, so th- maybe that's, that's she funny you say that because your your <laughs> mom is what what where I was getting the okay the, the Gallo Buffalo energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. <laughs> Sure, my mom is from that generation. Yeah. She, um, just so everyone knows, that's not my, how my mom looks. My mom is super cool <laughs> and is a movie buff, and she's very indie. And she's an entourage to, buff. Yeah, she's an entourage buff. And yeah, yeah, that's the that's sick. That's the first time I've ever heard of a mom being an entourage buff. <laughs> I mean, they're out there. Mine is really. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, sick. Oh, she loves all that Hollywood yeah. actor. Right. stuff like she would always tell me of like the two times that she came to visit to los angeles she was like i can't believe you don't go to this place that's where <laughs> everyone hangs out um <laughs> and i'll be like i don't know like, so she's I, pumped about you making a movie though of course this yeah. is like she, was, this is what she, she wants so you to do happy. i mean she's a great actress i was like she was so happy i, I was thinking i was like she must be a trained actress but i guess well she was a trophy wife there you go <laughs> I will always say that. I mean, <laughs> that's a trained um, actress. That's a trained actress. <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing. Like, um, she, like, you know, South American trophy wife. Of course, you're an actress. I mean, that's what you do. Like, you're like training all the time. She was a ballerina growing up, and then she was like into fitness, and she was really hot in the '90s. And but like indie, because my dad is like a skateboarder, <laughs> so it's like you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. But still, you know, she was like... Your parents are like the OG Dime Square? Yeah, totally. The other day, I had to go there to buy like a birthday gift. And I went to uh, labor. And I was having like 
it was so triggering for me. <laughs> I ended up leaving. I think it's like the smell of like the wheels or something, and the mu- I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. So you're not a fan of skateboarding. Um. Yes and no. I just have a very different relationship to it than most people have. Right. Because I grew up. Yeah, I don't it. know anyone whose parents were skateboarding. Both <laughs> like not. skateboarding and surfboarding, like the smell of the wax and like <laughs> things like that, and like Disgusting. or like hardcore music in the background, or like oh, I right. don't know, just like <laughs> all of that is. Uh, that's yeah. That's my upbringing and right. it's like different because most yeah. people are like oh that's cool and for me it's like well the hardcore is the only thing i like about it but i don't like anything about it i mean i grew up going to like punk concerts and dancing pogo when i was like i don't know eight or something and I don't yeah know, that's, the, see, cute. That's, that's cool i don't think new york skaters listen to punk that's the that's the one good thing well, about skate culture right. and i don't they don't listen to it here, that's so. what my mom hates that i moved to new york because she really <laughs> like going to los angeles yeah <laughs> yeah really we have fake skaters here I, LA right. really yeah skaters. i say i like skateboarding one of the most overrated things of all time in my opinion but big respect your dad, to though. the yeah big shout out to your dad but respect oh to no no the, fuck my dad like that's why the movie he's dead oh, okay. in the movie yeah so like Never no, shots okay. no shots to no dad. shots to my dad um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah the only good part about skate culture in my opinion is hardcore the, music, the music but yeah. in, in New York they're listening to like some rat kings that all bullshit <laughs> Well, I, I, I like I think it's funny I think it's sweet um, I like how gay it is I like how like it's, pretty, it's, it's definitely just gay. so gay and yeah. there's like all these like straight guys looking at each other and how they dress and stuff and like I mean, I mean my husband is a skater what are I gonna say oh, there you <laughs> go. uh, sorry I didn't mean to didn't mean to insult but, uh, no, but oh, he feels no, like more of an artist it's who fine. skates skaters? I didn't get a skater vibe from him skaters should be insulted yeah, it's the, fine the, like, it's not the it's thing not a problem that I, see, <laughs> okay. I did not get they a skater and I'm actually surprised to hear that yeah. but um, surfing underrated at least over here I guess in New York, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, they're here. Every time I'm at Rockaway, I see surfers. Yeah, yeah. Out in Montauk, it's like the thing for bros. I mean, I want to surf, but um, I don't. I don't see. It's not as whack as skating to me. Ilya is his name. Mm-hmm. I don't see him as a. Is he a primarily a skater? No, he just skates. I don't get a skater vibe from him at all. That's really crazy. I was me. like, this guy is an artist who maybe skates. Right. Not a skater. He, he goes to the playground a lot. Oh, he's a skater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> wow. We, Sorry, dude. We, we got them all wrong. <laughs> I uh, really didn't get a skater vibe. No, he's really cool. We really no, I, I really find it funny, um, the whole like playground stories. I'm like, today at the playground, these men, it's like, ugh, so The Two weird. Bridges Playground skate park? <laughs> Many different ones. Yeah. Oh, he's all over. All over. So he really is all a skater. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like a lot of people became, like, went back to being, like, almost professional skaters with the COVID thing. Like, they suddenly right. had all this time and they were, like, right. getting back into <laughs> <laughs> going back to the playground. Um, but, yeah. As guys get older, they rediscover their love for rocket power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of hate it because I'm. Uh, I have this disability where like I can't skate, so like I hate skaters because right. of that. Right. Or I'm very scared of them like um, losing their skateboard and it hitting my ankles. Yeah. That's my biggest fear. And yeah, my dream is to be like the person that breaks a skate in like a skate video. 
<laughs> you could easily do it. I'd love to. Like, if anyone's about to shoot <laughs> a skateboarder, I need someone to complain and break a skateboarder. Uh, no, a skateboard. Or a skateboarder. Break a skateboarder. Break a skateboarder. Break a skateboarder. <laughs> I'd be happy to do that. Probably <laughs> very, very good. I wanted to ask you about the, the music. Chicken mm-hmm. did the music. Oh, yeah. Big shout out. And I was wondering what uh, your direction for that score was. Um, so, I worked with Chicken before. In this, um, like a short film that we did together, and he was so great. I mean, it was, um, I mean, I guess that's what talent is. <laughs> um, like every f- like feedback that I give him and everything, like he comes back with exactly what I'm, I want, basically. And yeah. it's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, and it was the same on this film. And I think the only reference that I gave him was. Uh, Federico Garcia Lorca, the the poet, yeah. he also made music, um, and is very traditionally, um, very traditionally Spanish. And I am particularly attracted to that Spain from before the dictatorship. That was very cool, actually. <laughs> like you know, like had Miro, you had Picasso, you have you know, like, yeah. and he was very proudly Spanish. Um, that ended with a dictatorship and now like Spanish people are kind of ashamed of being Spanish. So like that kind of ended there. Um, so he made all these songs based on like traditional Andalusian songs. Um, and that's what I gave him as a reference, as a starting point. And then, um, like very Spanish tacky references, like for the end track that like had like Castañuelas and things like that. Um, um, yeah, I think that was like the the reference. Well, it really worked. It it doesn't uh, it it didn't hmm. it commanded the right amount of attention. You know, it didn't. Uh, yeah. It, it never overpowered. It. It's it was it was really good. It and really it felt like localized work. to the town. Totally. Like it felt like yeah, it yeah. Feel the, the sound of of the location, which is yeah. very rare for me. Yeah. No, he's he's really great. I mean, the other time that I worked with him, he also managed to do the same thing and. Yeah, and I would love to work with him in the next movie, because he. Is there he, a next movie? Yeah, there's the next movie. Mm. I'm already working. Um, yeah, he's can't just talk great. About that. Um, not yet. No, <laughs> it's too early. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm not even on the page first of. The, I mean, I know the story and I know right, most right. of it, but like, um, yeah, it's too early. Are you gonna shoot it here? Or can you not say, like in New York? Mm, it's not New York. I mean, uh, technically, it would be northern Argentina. Um, but I might shoot in the U.S. pretending it's not yeah. Argentina. <laughs> but that's where he said, um, I just don't want anyone to get um, kidnapped uh, right. during the shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I'm very scared of that. Um, Bring jobs back to America. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, so when did you move to New York? This year. Yeah, but January. Like January. Okay. January 1st. And, I uh, travel on like the oh, 30th. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, and, but you lived here before? Um, I would come often because I have friends, but I never really lived here. I think I um, was temporarily here for shows, maybe like a month at a time or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, what made you decide to do it? I love New York. Um, and I guess I'm very European in some way, and I, I LA was a nightmare for me. Um, I was in LA only because of my legs. I was recovering still, and no one walks in LA, and it's right. dry. 
Um, and then it got a little longer because I met my husband there. And like, then it was like maybe like two more years than I <laughs> wish I hadn't been in L.A. Um, but then I felt a little better and I was like, okay, well, now I can probably manage it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, it's interesting because mm-hmm. I had barely left the Northeast until I was like 22 or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember like L.A. felt more foreign to me than Europe. <laughs> Well, LA it's like Mexico. I mean, LA feels more Latin American yeah, in many ways. Right, yeah. Like um, even beyond yeah. aesthetically, just the kind of culture of yeah. there and the people's attitudes it yeah. felt more foreign to mm-hmm. East Coast to me than Europe did. Well, it's definitely more American in the sense, right. like the car thing and all. Right. You know, and for me that was like a, a huge deal. I mean, not being able to walk out of your house and go see some people at a cafe or something that yeah. was for, for me like h- horrible yeah because right. my brain works reason. in a different way and i just couldn't g- that's why you live it. in a city that's yeah the only exactly reason yeah, i ever exactly. wanted to live in a city was yeah. to walk out your door and yeah it's that, that was i remember the first time i went to la and i went to like silver lake or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like this is like the cool part this looks like some so suburbs. ugly yeah, like, what is <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like Suburbs. It's like, yeah, I guess there's graffiti, but it's still. Yeah, it's yeah. like suburbs with graffiti. No, it's somehow cool. <laughs> Sucks. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the only place where I was mildly happy in Los Angeles is when I lived in Koreatown and I spent most of my time there because Koreans would hang out and like they yeah. opened their businesses much later and they would like walk around and go to the mall or, you know, like you could yeah. see them. Yeah. Big shout out to Koreatown. Big shout out to Koreatown. <laughs> totally. Great Big shout out to Koreatown. Um, Love Koreatown. Yeah, I, I was staying there when. When I was in LA. Eugene lives there. Big shout to Eugene. Big shout to Eugene. He helped a lot with the movie. Did um, he? He helped so oh, much. Oh wow, yeah. God, wow. Um, I mean, he helped um, just like giving good advice from the very beginning, and like, um, but I feel it's because he also knew my practice. People from film that knew my practice were confident that. I could make a film, so they like yeah. they would treat me like normally. Um, then I met a lot of people that were like, "You cannot make a film." Right? You who were those people? Absolutely can't. Who were they? What kind of people? Um, I guess just like film film school people that film assumed people, yeah. that I never like never held a camera in my life. You know, yeah. right. something assholes. And, yeah, um, I, and they were like, "No." I know. I, mean, I talked about this. <laughs> no, I mean, like, no. <laughs> again. Uh, but no, at this point, I refuse to go for an episode without talking about Gallo, so whatever. But Gallo talks about that, about, like, you can learn this shit. Like, people who tell you you can't, he was like, I just learned how to use a camera when I didn't make a movie before. I, I learned how. You can learn this shit and just do it yourself. I feel the same way. Uh, there, and I, it, There's definitely, like, a territorial... Uh, mm-hmm. Hierarchical. Yeah, and the kind of people want to reserve their space within whatever field they're doing. But and it's not just film. It's to be fair, it's it's pretty much every yeah. uh, happens in art, art when yeah, exactly. art, uh, actors want to be artists. Yeah, exactly. They're like exactly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so true. Or, or, yeah, yeah or, or it gets very kind of uh, other. It's like okay, it might be interesting, but mm-hmm. it's you know, it's not. Uh, he didn't. This person didn't uh, mm. do their research enough, or like put in the time enough, which is a ridiculous thing because yeah. it's good and it works, or it's bad. It doesn't work. I, you know what I mean? Um, but. There is, and I think that's another thing that is maybe getting more prevalent now that all kinds of art is, like I was saying before, more accessible via mm. being able to do it yourself on a computer. Mm. Um, that people who are in one, you know, creative field 
one would branch onto a different one. And uh, I, I think it's sick. I, I love when people, I think the best stuff is often made when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but also there's ways where you can educate yourself and just like, yeah, exactly. you know, I mean, if you really want to do something, you might be better at it, learning it online than going to school. Like if you really want to do it, right you on. know, like um, I, I was very humble when making the film and I did like, I mean, I didn't study film, whatever that means, but right. like, <laughs> I've seen movies. Yeah, you're, you're but aware. I did put the work to like learn more the structure of like how to basically to produce the film the best way possible, like going in like a specific order yeah. to like do everything well. And, um, but, um, yeah, like relearning the software properly, relearning this. I, one of the most important things that I did possibly was taking acting lessons. Um, with that crazy teacher. I think I, I heard him mention in this podcast before. What's his name? Uh, Tony Greco. Oh, yeah. By, probably Sam Stillman brought that up. Yeah. Um, or Stillish Normal. Yeah, she was, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, like, I mean, um, I did work. I, I did put all the work that I could have with the time that I had. Like, it, it, everything, like, I tried to, like, I didn't want to get to the point where, like, oh, I wish I had been less lazy or I wish I had right. done yeah. something. Um, and of course, there's a lot of things that I will only be able to improve for the next film. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, but yeah. Well, I also think another part of making something a successful or something that works. Mm. I mean, I don't mean successful like monetarily. Yeah. I mean something that works is knowing how to assemble the right team. I mean, and and knowing where to take yeah. a step back and let someone else do it. Like if you oh, yeah. if you are a fan of movies and understand them and what makes a movie work, that is what I think you, all you need to do. That's kind of where your you responsibility is. If you have good ends. taste, you can make something Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little more than taste, but... No, I, being able to find the right people, like, and also that's a bit of luck as well, to find the, the yeah, people yeah, yeah. Like, that you can trust fully and be like, just do your thing and I know it'll be good. That's like yeah. the best feeling ever. Right. Instead of being like, God, I'll have to like do it afterwards right. again. Were you always going to act? Like, was it always important for you to to be the the character that you play? Uh, no, actually, I originally, I well, originally it's gonna be a documentary mm -hmm. on like mm -hmm. the actual two weird criminals, whatever. But then I thought like they're too crazy to admit that they've done anything. You know, like right. it yeah, was, yeah. it's just not gonna don't work. And then. I was thinking of doing a fiction, but the thing with, and this is, I think it applies to every filmmaker, <laughs> when you have little budget, yeah. um, sometimes it's better to do it yourself with your friends yeah. than to like hire cheap actors. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So cheap actors is not the I kind of looked into that and I was like, these people suck yeah. like so much. Um, and then I was like, well, I guess I'll do it. And I guess my mom could, I mean, I know my mom, how photogenic she is and how, you know, yeah, and yeah. I was like, well, I'll do it. Let's do a test and to see. And it worked. And, and she was really good. She was really good. And she was very professional. She came to some acting class. She doesn't speak <laughs> English. Uh, she would come to uh, scene day and I'll translate everything for her. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Also with you and your mom acting in it, the two of you have no... Uh, agenda other than making this movie as good as possible. Hiring 
like a desperate actor, they have a kind of a personal agenda that right. they're, they're bringing to it. And I mean, that's inevitable with hiring an actor to some degree, I guess. But for something, yeah, like this, where there's no budget, it's best to do it with people who yeah. their kind of end goal is just making this as good as it could be. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, I guess like uh, because I act as well, I really enjoyed directing actors or even non-actors uh, into like doing their best in a right, way right. Um, or keeping it fresh or tricking them into like telling the story in a certain way because uh, I knew it would work. Um, and a lot of the times um, by watching the the dailies, uh, daily, <laughs> um, I would just get an idea of where we were lacking um spontaneity or something you know like right. it was like oh it's like looking very stiff then we have to compensate with some okay. non-scripted right. stuff to bring it you know yeah. like, it was a lot of that and did you stray from the script a lot not really i think there was like two scenes that mm -hmm. i added to to compensate for that yeah um, it felt like everything mom. was very like intentional and there was nothing yeah. that was like random uh, but I feel like most people in it were really good. Um, I, it's funny you mentioned said stiff because I actually like specifically mm -hmm. noticed how unstiff it felt. Well, because I yeah. <laughs> did the magic of, of like you know balancing it out, or or making the stiffness look um, intentional. Yeah. You know, or part right. of the characters. You know, like yeah. there was like a lot of like I, I thought things. I thought every. Mm -hmm. I thought. Pretty much, yeah. Everyone in the in the movie had a really kind of subtle facial uh, acting going on, and I think mm. it was also a testament to the cinematography catching that. But uh, mm. I I picked up on that a lot. I was getting a lot of the story out of everyone's faces. Yeah. Yeah, like for example, Nacho Vigalondo, who's in the first scene, he's um, he's a director. Oh, okay. Uh, he's a very famous director in Spain. And he's a comedic actor as well. He's been around in TV forever. Like in Spain, he's very well known. And so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, behind and in front of the camera. So he was like very easy to work right. with. And then Amadeus Chenjo, he's also a film director. Oh. Um, so he's not some random, you know, like yeah. we've worked together in yeah. the past. He's directed me up there. Like, oh, okay. It's like yeah. we have this relationship where like we're very comfortable directing each other. And yeah, it's, I was curious yeah. about that because your guys' dynamic was like amazing. Like the moment yeah. Yeah. where you're like, ask, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert, but mm -hmm. ask mm -hmm. when you ask him if he's married, like that just that's a I think that's a tough scene to pull off, and like the awkwardness. Oh yeah, that totally. Really worked. That was that was maybe my favorite, favorite scene. Yeah. Yeah. And how he's like, oh, why why yeah. is it a problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the whole date sequence was great. I loved the pier scene as well yeah and a lot of that stuff he improvised like i yeah. you know um but i think it, it helps that a lot of these people were also behind uh, the camera a lot and so uh, yeah. he knew how he, like you know he, right. he's not just like an actor with no experience or something you know, like he's also a director yeah and the funny thing is that he um has also been in the same year he also acted for a chinese uh, female director in another black and white movie wow. <laughs> <laughs> um which is like premiering in the u.s soon um at some museum i think mock or something it's called cloud in the room mm -hmm. the cloud in my room or something mm 
Uh, I thought it was funny how he's supporting yeah. independent female <laughs> cinema by <laughs> acting in all these, Big, in all these films. Um, huge Chad move to support female. Totally, yeah, yeah, being the heartthrob of the films. Yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, and this other one, he's naked even. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he he's got really good hair. I was yeah. I was noticing that. The whole I time. was very upset about that because I asked him to cut it in a very specific way, and he was like, "No, I'm letting it grow because I want to put braids on it." And I was like, "I hate you so much." Uh, I, well, um, I think it. I well, handsome, I think it handsome works, man, yeah, handsome man, great mane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Amadeus. Well, that's a um, you know Milos Forman. That's another one of my favorite movies. There's a lot yeah. of like uh, references sprinkled throughout yeah. the film. Uh, um, so moral of the story is work with your friends and make it work. Yeah, yeah, make it fun. I feel like that's yeah. my favorite. Um, even when I see movies that are not like the best movies, when I notice that they're having like they've had fun yeah. making the film, is my favorite thing. Yeah, it makes me so happy. Yeah, I could sense a, a comfortable set from watching it. Definitely. Yeah, it was a very fun set. It was. Um, I mean, maybe getting to that point was like super difficult yeah. <laughs> and uh, full of obstacles and all the stuff. But like the shoot itself was beautiful and we were so lucky. So yeah. lucky. There's definitely no anxiety pushing through any of the scenes. Yeah. And yeah, it was fun. And I'm, I'm wishing for the same for the next film. I'm, I'm being very cautious right now building the, the team and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm kind of scared of like, if more money gets involved, maybe it gets more some fun gets taken out of the set. I think and, that's what happens. And I don't like that. Um, you can keep it small. It's I know. I want to keep it small. Um, my shout outs to Hal Hartley. Uh, <laughs> Huge shout to Hal Hartley. My, my idol and good friend. And I listen to him. Uh, everything he has to say um i love how he makes films and how yeah. he managed to keep his signature style his last film that he's made like the yeah. most recent one like is still such a hell hardly film and i yeah. love that so much and the fact that he always works with the same actors yeah. and it just seems fun i don't know it's like it's nice when that's the case I don't yeah know. you're mentioning hong sang soo and jim drum it's exactly. like these filmmakers yeah. have this thing in common where they kind of stick to the the formula that's working with this indie level mm. like i i really admire yeah. indies that work well and translate well without tons of money i think right. it's actually harder to make the stuff translate when you do have more money because there's too many people yeah yeah i'm i that's something on I want to be very cautious about. I'd rather have less money, more freedom. Yeah. And, you know, then like getting distracted by the amount of money and then like having yeah. to have someone else choose for you, like who you makes the music or something. You know, like yeah. I feel like, um, and in this case, I was very grateful that things didn't go according to plan with funding in a way because then I had the freedom to choose all these weird people in the right. film and, um, and for example, I know Chicken's music works really well, but like I feel like maybe some producer would have been like, "No, that right. we'll just put another musician," you know, and yeah. yeah, and because you know he's too young or whatever, like just put this other thing, and um, and that wouldn't be the same, you know. Yeah. Um. So. What was Eugene's yeah. best piece of advice for you? Have a celebrity in the film. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, you have no names. And I was like, oh my God, you were right. 
Um, <laughs> so like, um, and that's how I got Nacho Vigalondo in it. Um, we had a bunch of friends in common and they all pressure him. They were like, you have to do this. <laughs> Um, and he he doesn't even know me very well like he just came like we got him a train ticket from Madrid and he just showed up he learned the script that same day and, nice. and oh, I was yeah. so I was like thank you for trusting us <laughs> yeah he was great <laughs> yeah this. he was great it's funny yeah. you mentioned that he was a comedic actor because I saw some I forget somewhere on the mm -hmm. Instagram uh, that you describe it as a comedy I describe it as a comedy just to compensate for the fact of, I don't know, like that it's about an eviction and like all right. this stuff. Right. I don't know. I don't want to make it too dramatic. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it's not self-serious. There's definitely... Yeah, definitely like I want to compensate a little bit for, you know, because mm -hmm. um, I feel like most stories told about these things are very sad yeah. and like well the ending is definitely like kind of shocking and harrowing in a way but mm -hmm. it still is kind of like in retrospect it's like kind of funny mm -hmm. right yeah. well i i think that that works because it's I, the movie doesn't have um, an emotional climax in that way there's definitely like a dramatic serious emotional element mm -hmm. to the entire thing that's kind of running throughout mm -hmm. but it never kind of reaches up and overpowers mm -hmm. any of the kind of playfulness of it so in that sense, yeah, I totally I could see it as a comedy, and that you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there's only a few films that I've seen that are like this. Um, one of my favorite ones, and this uh, we became friends. I went to see her in Beijing, and I'm absolutely in love with her. Her name is Jiang Mingming, and she directed uh, female directors and girls always happy. And when I was already working on this film and I was already finished writing the script and stuff, um, I saw her film Girls Always Happy at a festival in, uh, how is it called? Red something uh, in L.A., a museum. Red Dot? Red. I, I, I can't remember. Oh uh, it was like a small festival of Chinese cinema. Mm -hmm. and, Red Dot, yeah. And I... And I went to see that film and she was presenting it and it was amazing because the film is about, again, like a mother-daughter relationship and like it's very funny, but also they are struggling, but it's done from like a very realistic way where like everything's mixed. It's not like just dramatic or something. Right. And um, and I really like, she's like, um, also for Asian cinema, which the cliche is that it's like slow or something or sometimes right. Chinese cinema is like extremely poetic or right. things mm -hmm. you know like yeah. <laughs> yeah. and two points where like you can understand anything you're like what's going on and it's like the, the drop of water and exactly. something like yeah. that and like you know but she's not she's like a Woody Allen of Chinese cinema yeah. and she directs and she also acts in her films and it's like very fast pacing and like very good um, dialogues and stuff and and that was like also one of the references when I saw that I was like, oh my god, I want to be friends with her. Yeah. <laughs> but also, um, this is a great reference. Like yeah. this is one of the first films that I see like portraying this dynamic in like this comedic way, but also you very like honest way. I feel like right. you know. Um, yeah, we were talking about uh, the other night like movies that star the people that direct them and how. Like, there is a specific sect of movies mm -hmm. uh, that do that really well. Mm -hmm. Like, we were talking about Kavi Zahedi's work and Ross McElway. 
um, Vincent Gallo. Yeah. I mean, that's much more fiction. But are you attracted to that sort of? That's why I was asking you, like the decision to be in it. Like I think it works really well. I'm just curious if that's like more of a decision or if it was just like because it was cheaper. No, I feel like sometimes, I mean, this sounds extremely corny, but um, it's like, I have a vision. (laughs) I don't know, like, and that was the vision. I mean, it's like my mom and I. Um, For example, for the next film that I have in mind, I do not see myself in it. Um, But that's just how it happened. I might add myself as like some minor character, but I don't see myself in it. Um, So who knows? I mean, it's just like things that happened in my mind that way. Um, But... That being said, I feel like there's a lot of backlash for women being in front of the camera um, if they're directing, um, especially from, I feel like, from other uh, female directors because there's such an um, ingrained misogyny of against being an actress yeah. mm-hmm. and ha- at how that being an actress is stupid. Yeah. You know, you're like a dumb bitch and you're an actress. Right. And the director is like, oh, right. I'm the director. That's the serious artist. Right? That's the serious thing. Girls get judgy if you're acting in your own Right. Thing, yeah. um, so I feel like if you're only behind the camera, you get like this respect of like, I'm a female uh, director. Blah, right. blah. Um, and if you're in front, even if you're in front or behind, suddenly your work as a director, producer, writer, like it gets yeah. totally like erased. The you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like... That doesn't exist. You're just a dumb bitch in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're doing yeah. this out of vanity. Um, I so, don't think it comes off that way at all in your in your movie. No, I'm I'm talking about like trying to like fundraise or whatever. Like right, it, right. like I feel like I really got that from people um, not trusting a woman like with the money for funding or something. Yeah. If they are actresses too, um, especially from other women. Yeah, like yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very. Con- I, that, I, that's the whole criticism, you know, being too involved in your own mm-hmm. work, especially film that I don't understand. Because if it's if it's serving the like if it works, yeah, if, what, exactly, you know? <laughs> if it's serving the movie, right? Then yeah. it's, it was a good choice, and it uh, it's not right. you know indulgent or something or, or self serving. It's uh, it was the right choice, and yeah. but for some reason, a lot of people's instinct is to look at it as this you know bad self indulgent thing. Which is very odd to me. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe it also has something to do with what we were saying earlier about it's like a self-defense kind of trying people trying to protect their own position in whatever art world they're in. Yeah, but I mean, I've I mean, I've seen this in the in the art world as well, um, like the ingrained misogyny of like certain women that because they have had to like renounce to certain things to be respected, they don't right. like others doing it you know and right, it's right. like um i don't know like I, I i've i've felt a lot of that um in film and i also felt that um and i think it's sad because it's not taking i feel like acting is like a it's a huge craft and it it's is. so hard to do and it's, it requires so, yeah. so much it's so demanding and it's super important and the one who does it well it's like you know they deserve to get paid as much as they get paid and everything. Yeah. It's like super demanding. And I feel sad when actresses are really great actresses and decide that they have to direct at least one movie or whatever because that's like the step to get taken seriously. Right, right. And it's like, no, like why is that? I mean, if you want to direct because you want to direct and that's it, like that's yeah. great. But like 
not to make yourself more respected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's very sad. Right. I think um, the tide is turning a little bit because yeah. like get, that there's like a moment when Gallo's Brown Bunny played a can mm-hmm. and it says written, produced, directed, and starring Vincent Gallo and there's like everybody's laughing. Yeah. Like that used to be just like, oh, this guy's full of himself and he's full of shit. And I, I do feel the tide turning maybe a little bit towards like maybe that's becoming normalized, but I think specifically with with females, it's even it, like that one still yeah. sort of has a taboo. Yeah, I mean it's it's changing because of the use of internet. Again, a lot of people are doing everything by themselves, so like right. that becomes normal. Yeah. Um, but um, actually, I was talking to one of my producers about this because I'm working on the rolling credits right now, like the the end titles, um, but. Because I don't want to credit myself constantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like it's kind of obvious, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean it, I wrote it. But I don't want to be like, directed, Amalia. <laughs> Amalia. It's like those, like, Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs, yeah. designed by Mark <laughs> Jacobs. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, but he was like, no, you have to, because if you don't credit yourself as a director, then you don't qualify for this director stuff. That's and true. then. Yeah. I was like, oh, um, and I remember taking as a reference uh, Miranda July's first film, I think. Um, was that me s- and you and everyone we know? Yeah, yeah, to see how she was created, you know, and just to be like, okay, how to do it tastefully <laughs> without having to like yeah. <laughs> repeat yourself constantly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Miranda is also an example of like, you know, no one else could have been that character in that film like yeah. i feel like that film works out so totally. well yeah, yeah well there's is. just some weird respect and given to like uh being mm-hmm. hidden or something or, or not hidden right. but just kind of being it's seen as as humble when there's really nothing humble about it like you could not be oh a, totally you not like be on the camera and you're still like an ego case like of insufferable course. person but it's actually usually the case um except with us <laughs> but but yeah, there's something about you know if you're putting yourself in front of the camera, if you're kind of in the media a lot, oh, there just want like attention. It's like seen as this just attention hungry thing for some reason. I don't understand. It's weird, but exactly, it shouldn't actors and actresses be thought of as yeah. as much and an of artist course they're as any, insane exactly. because who else is gonna do that exactly. kind of job? Totally. You know, you have to be absolutely deranged and love you know having yeah. the spotlight and you uh, but that I mean but that's the job and totally. I, I don't, you know it still requires a lot of effort and it's not you know just vanity there's probably sense, three you know? times like, as much work like it's not even oh double, my it's god three times or more more work the times that I had to direct and act it were it was a night it was so hard because sure, yeah. um, I couldn't disconnect right. my the crew would stop and go eat yeah and I just couldn't like if I had to shoot a scene right after like no I was just in no eat I was not right. eating and I was in the room rehearsing um, but the days that I didn't have to act I could stop take a nap with with right. the crew I was right. like this is heaven this is like a holiday compared to like the work as an actor and do you think was it harder to get be in character when you're kind of thinking about the scene in that way from a director's perspective um yes and yeah i mean yes and no i would have loved to i don't know like act for someone else fully and just be an actress you know because then you have obviously your whole brain working towards the scene instead of thinking like what do i have to do uh but i had an amazing uh assistant director 
and I could trust her a lot. And I think that's what helped me. If that hadn't been the case, and having you know super hard, but she was the one that was like my second pair of eyes, and she was looking at the scenes from outside, and like she would tell me like I think this works, and I would I could trust her, Work. and that was great. Um, yeah, I mean it's hard like to be in character and in the scene, and then be like action (laughs) (laughs) one of the hardest thing or like then like they remember this scene um where i'm crying and i cut like i say cut myself (laughs) i don't know it's like all these things like very deranged like cut done (laughs) um that's how you should end the podcast once we're done just yeah cut (laughs) um but yeah it's yeah it's hard i mean it's just doing two jobs at the same time it's it's harder it's just that. So how are you going to deal with... How did Miranda Delay deal with the credits? And, like, how do you think you will? It's uh, kind of a so, niche question. Uh, written and directed by Amalia Ullman, starring Ali Ullman, and then my name, and then... Like, right. Uh, so it's uh, not going to all be one title card. Because I think that's maybe, that's what that's what Gal got shit for. Yeah. I know, but I mean, it's like why? I mean, what's the difference? It's but all I like know. it's funny how like everything is so petty. I, I know. <laughs> I don't understand because obviously, if you wrote and directed and produced and starred in a film, that's multiple jobs, and you're putting as much as you possibly can put into mm-hmm. these things. You want you don't want to. It's not humble to not say. The it. thing it's is that film people. I've noticed this. Whenever I go to a movie theater or watch something at home with film people, when the credits start, they lean forward and then they're re- they're paying attention almost more <laughs> than they're watching the fucking movie. They're like, oh yeah, the uh, yeah no, the, he ad yeah, good for him. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how are you in like cre- Like, how could you even be processing the name information right now? Like, it's just not how I view movies. But I but it is something to be aware of because people are so fucking petty and annoying and judgmental about how credits are presented in a movie yeah i'm like i mean thankfully like i have very great advice and i mean like i have a few key people that i ask all these things to (laughs) (laughs) um no there's more like for example another person that was extremely helpful from the very beginning uh, was scott mccauley from filmmaker magazine big shouts big Big shouts. shouts he's like the best in I the entire world, he's so he's, sick. he's so amazing. He's one of the and, good ones. and yeah, like I would be like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> is he good? Is he not? Um, did he you reach know. out to you, or did you get in contact with him? Or no, we we were in touch for something else. Um, so, uh, he was producing a film where they wanted me to act, actually, and that's how we met each other. And then he's amazing and we became friends and then I, I could ask him all these questions and I mean that was super helpful you know because yeah. I don't really know anyone that could um, that also has this up- updated knowledge because obviously by running the magazine and everything he's aware of like everything that's happening all the time yeah um, he's very modern yeah and yeah he was super helpful and then just like little things you know it's such a it's like a different um, world from the art world and it's like all these things that you have to do like even technically like you know register yeah. the LLC like all these, right, like, right, right. <laughs> all these things that um, if no one tells you you're like how are you supposed to know like, there's like so you don't have like a traditional producer apart from yourself right like I didn't from the like, at the very beginning I right. only had that afterwards so there's like a lot of taking care of things that I should have done at the For, beginning and right. like and learning the whole process and like um mm, 
Hal was also very helpful in that sense because he he does that himself. Um, he does have like an assistant for his production company um, that works with him, but like they do it together, and and yeah, he like repeated the process like ten times to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't really understand and say it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's like all that stuff. That was like I feel like the hardest learn like thing that I had to learn. Everything else was more like artistic and it's more intuitive and it's fine. Right. And then like all these other things are more yeah. like it's yeah. a lot, which is why you should get all the credit you deserve and put yourself in the credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. There's nothing there's not a bigger red flag to me than describing someone as humble. If someone described as humble, I, they're probably like a sociopath. <laughs> it's not there's not humble to not want to just be recognized that you did all this fucking work. Spoken by a true ham bone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's a, there's also a difference between being a ham bone and just like No, there is. You're right. I, I do think that there's an credited ego for what you did. Yeah. There's a there's a larger ego associated with Exactly. I'm not taking credit yeah, for that. Yeah, like being humble is a really uh egotistical move. <laughs> it is. It's like a it's just like a virtuous. Well, it's usually it's usually conscious. Exactly, it's a conscious uh, vir- like tr- attempt to be virtuous. Well, it, it's funny that I feel like movies because they're regulated. There's job titles for things, but I've been doing all of this all my life mm-hmm. in the art world without a title. Right. You know, so right, I was. Right, right. I came into it doing all these things alone because I'm. That's what I do that's what i have to do i don't know like i've never thought of it being dissected into like different right. parts and then i would describe the person and people would be like oh but you produced it and i was like i guess is that <laughs> is that the did, for yeah. It? <laughs> yeah um so i feel like a lot of that came up because of that because in the art world it's just like it's not regulated and I've, that's one of the things that i liked about working in film is that my crew would request to stop and eat right. and they have their hours and, have, you know, and, and you can't really bother them during the lunch and I was like I wish I could do that as an <laughs> artist like, right. I don't have that you know like I've so many times I've been hungry and like the galleries are like doesn't matter you know like you'll eat in like the opening night at the big fancy <laughs> dinner but right. like but you don't have like a time off or like right. that is paid of course yeah. you know, but, but like that's not accounted for and I was like, damn, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like people. a military sort of unionized right. mindset. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is good because then you can, I mean, it's less classist in a way than, yeah. you know, assuming that everyone's like a millionaire. Totally. That can <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's built for efficiency. Right. Those yeah. are hard to make. And it's built because a lot of directors are like insufferable uh, control freaks. So. It's protecting people from yeah. being yeah, abused. No, and I am too. And that's why yeah. I was very happy to have my uh, assistant director being like, hey, they need to. Right. <laughs> right. They need to rest. <laughs> because I would work till I'm like, drop dead and because it, right. it's my project. But I mean, obviously, I don't expect everyone to be as passionate about it as like, right. I am, you know? Um, that would be horrible. Um, so I'd be like, oh, sure. Like, yeah, they... Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not as nice. I'd be like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I think that's a healthy. I don't expect people to be as passionate about it as you are. I actually think that that's not a lo- not every artist realizes that. They think everyone who is involved needs to. Be right. Kind of yeah. I feel like that comes from maybe being at the other end of that. Totally. Um, um, because I feel like a lot of people. I don't know what I, I don't want to bring it to gender, but I feel like as 
my father was kind of like that uh, mm. in a way. Like he's like the boss, and he like I mean he's a scammer, but like he would like do all these things and have all these people work for him, and like and he would get mad if people were not devoted right. to his vision or whatever, right. whatever that meant, you know? Because maybe it's like what a skateboard or you know like some. But like anyway, um, his vision was a skateboard. <laughs> Yeah, or like having a half pipe in your weird loft or something, you know, like yeah. that stupid shit, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he would do that and like he would be very abusive and like very like controlling and like, and I feel like because I was outside of it, I'm like, God, like, yeah. isn't there a way to make art or whatever, like without having to, <laughs> to, to do, do that, that yeah. <laughs> without having to humiliate people, without making people cry, without like, yeah. um, and, and I've seen that from male artists that I've hung out with or something that yeah. like how like intense the relationship with workers would get and like oh, yeah. it's like all oh, this drama and, stuff. Male thing for sure. and that's like something that I was like oh, I don't want to do that like, yeah I don't I mean yeah I don't like, think narcissism is gendered as much as the male ego is all consuming totally. in a way that right yeah it doesn't and exist on the opposite in quite as much yeah, so I feel like that's one of the ways that I, I always try to like not do that. <laughs> right, and I bet a lot of the, I bet a lot of guys like that will get puffed up as being humble. So true. That's what I'm saying. So true. So true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, there, yeah. Don't be humble. Be Amalia. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also a difference between uh, you know wanting to be worshipped or something and just like I did these things. And I'm going to tell you that I did them and like I want yeah. people to know that I did them. It's not, you know, look at me as some God. It's just like, you just I need did to look things. at the press pick of like any director and you can tell if he's, if yep. she's an asshole or not. Like, you say, you can, but you can tell by the, you can tell it's by the, usually a he. you can tell by the fit of his glasses. He was spitting some Foucault game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Throwback. Damn. From episode two. Yeah. Um, Narcissist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is some ion yeah, I don't know. It's gonna sound so cringy, but I, I just love films. I don't know, I, and I'm very happy when like other people make good films because I love watching good stuff, yeah. and I think that's what attracted most to to film is that that's what I do most, what I know about more, um, more than art fine arts like i'm not that interested in i don't know like i don't read right. art magazines or i don't know you know yeah. but like i do watch a lot of films yeah. and i do it's like either reading books or watching films and and i'm happy and i think it's like yeah like i feel like it's collaborative in a way that everyone in film wants mostly of course there's people <laughs> mostly make others to succeed so you can work in their movies too right. you know yeah. i feel like there's a feeling of like you know, I hope my friends can do this right. well so I can also be associated with people that are... Yeah. Yeah. Like, in yeah. the art world, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? So I feel like it's mm. more bitchy in general. Right. <laughs> but in film, you know, you yeah. have to work in our next movie anyway, so you right. better stay in good terms. Well, it's interesting, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that you like, don't keep up with art or know less about art than you do about movies because... The other work of yours that I'm familiar with has always had like an element of uh, it has a cinematic quality, mm -hmm. like some sort of plot and some sort mm -hmm. of developing yeah. breakdown, yeah, and like yeah. there's like a linear sort of narrative that's yeah. taking place. And you were acting in a way, even though it was not. yeah, no, of course, yeah. yeah there's always, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a closeted uh, theater kid. 
Same. Um, that I could tell. Yeah. So the closeted because in Spain we don't have that in school. <laughs> so like if we had had like, yeah, I would have been a theater kid, but I never had the chance. Um, but I would just like learn the, um, all the cabaret yeah. choreographies and songs. What's your favorite musical? Own. I think cabaret, probably. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I... I know by heart. <laughs> I think that's the title of the episode, The Theater Kid with Lyle. <laughs> the so Closeted. Kid. The Closeted Theater, closeted theater, theater Kid. So that's pretty sick. Um, you, were, yeah, you were not a theater kid. You tried it once. No, I'm definitely not a theater I, kid. I was a theater kid. I'm very interested. I feel like every every uh, boyfriend that I had was so freaked out <laughs> when like it came out at home. like Because I sing at home and I make wow. songs. I communicate in songs. And wow. So if anyone's making a musical, please... <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, my favorite movie growing up was Mary Poppins. <laughs> Big shouts. Big, Big shouts to Mary to Poppins. Mary fucking Poppins. And I was very upset when they made the like the new Mary Poppins with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, and I was God. like, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. How did they make yeah. this film without <laughs> me in it? <laughs> did you see it? Did you watch it? I did. Uh, I didn't get to finish it, I think, because it was kind of bad. Um, it looked pretty shitty. It uh, was pretty bad. I would never. But as much as I hate Lima and Miranda, because he's so, he's the worst. He's yeah, like he's so lame, worst. right? Like he's like the lamest person ever. Um, you don't want to be like him, you know? He sucks. <laughs> you do not want to be like Lima and Miranda. I was in this uh, YouTube dark hole of Mary Poppins and, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember now the, the name of the actress that plays the new Mary Poppins um, which is actually pretty good and they were on this talk show and they did like a marathon of uh, musicals one after the other and I knew all the songs <laughs> and I was like singing like and I was like fuck fuck I'm Lee Miranda I, fuck I hate him <laughs> and, and yeah so uh, no yeah i no i'm totally with you yeah. I, I love musicals too. like i hate that i love it but like i can't like i start doing jazz hands and I, it's uh. it freaks boyfriends out I, yeah when I, they, they always say like don't do that don't do that <laughs> when i was younger and and uh cared about um being cool i i hated that i loved it now i love that i love it you still care about being cool i care we about, all do no, i care about people's perception of me for sure i'm not denying that being but cool i don't think i care about being cool there's a difference no but that but that in of itself is kind of cool i'm just not allowed to be myself because at least freaks people out <laughs> <laughs> well no i think that's a sign that you're with the wrong person if you can't <laughs> sing and dance when you're at home that's bullshit big facts um, um you know i mean yeah do you sing at home with girlfriends oh yeah you would sing all the time beautiful my main shit I don't, but I respect it. <laughs> I I like it. I sing a lot. Yeah, he's a singer. Like, <laughs> but just um, you know, Brian Eno talks about this. He says it's like the healthiest thing you can do. To sing. Yeah, he says he's not a good singer. He doesn't do it to train himself into a good singer. Mm -hmm. But he sings every day in this like little choir. He. Uh, we believe in gospel. He believes in like the power, yeah. the therapeutic power yeah, of gospel. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of forget, but there, he's written and he wrote a, a piece about it that's worth looking up. That's really good. I was in a choir when I was like 17 or something. Um, it's the year where I didn't go to school because I was saving money to move to London. And I was looking for a job in the notice board of the library. Mm -hmm. And it was a sign that was like choir. 
like and and I joined and it was like a Catholic choir <laughs> at the church. <laughs> that music is insane. Really here, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially in Spain because it's like old right. school like yep. um and it was all like they were all like 60, 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and and I loved it. It was because yeah. it was like everyone was musically trained from like the dictatorship. So right. like everyone right. knew how to read music. I was like the only loser that went to like the <laughs> the socialist free schools from like the new era of Spain. Like we knew nothing. Right. And um and it was so amazing. And I I thought it was sad that they thought that doing choir was cool because a young person had joined right, instead right. of noticing that I was weird right. <laughs> and that it was not cool. Um, but yeah. Were you, were you Catholic? Mm? Were you Catholic? Um, not really, but I mean, I growing up in Spain, that's what you, yeah, that's it, yeah. what's around. So it's, it's not really people, unless you are from a thing that's called Opus Dei, which is like a strict Catholic people, you know, yeah. they like hit yeah. themselves and stuff. Um, most people just grew up with it culturally. Right. Um, and you don't even see it. Like, it's so part of the culture that you don't actively yeah. are Catholic. Um, but it's definitely ingrained in, like, all this shame totally. and all this. Like, right. It's, oh, like, yeah. definitely, like, no, that's, in I, the culture. I ask because I, I went to Catholic school. Mm. And Me too. And, uh, yeah, it was, and the, but the only sick part about it was the choir. I like yeah. ca Catholic guilt. This is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Big shouts to Catholic guilt. Big shouts yeah, to shame. Totally. <laughs> Big shame. shouts to shame. Oh my god, so much shame. So much shame. Do you, do you have a lot of shame? I think so, yeah. I mean, growing up with us weird stories about the devils and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, my parents weren't too religious. I, I did my first communion because... I was like an A student when I was little and suddenly all my classmates would go to like another activity, school, right. whatever. And I didn't know what it was. So I was like, wait, what, what, is, what is this? What yeah. is this? And I was like, mom, what is this? What are they doing? It's like, oh, that's Catholicism. It's first communion. It's like, I must do it and be the best at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got, did you get confirmed? No, I didn't. No, I was already a punk by then. Like, right. like it was like no, like by the time that I was supposed to. But you were a goody two shoes before you became, became a punk, or were you like overachiever, like you no, a, a yeah, student? like I was an overachiever, I guess until age, I don't know, ten or something, and then yeah. everything went like a weird downward right. spiral. Where like I was really, I, th I was semi, <laughs> I was semi approaching punk at that point, but uh, the point of confirmation. But I like, I, I was. I wore the straight edge shirt. I was like, uh, in t I was not a bad punk. I yeah, when like I got a, when I got crude punk. When I got confirmed, it was the first week that I. <laughs> <laughs> when I got confirmed, it was the first week that I smoked pot. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. Like, I thought you got contrast. I thought you got confirmed kind of young. I thought you got from like fifth grade I, to like ten. I, I smoked weed really young. Whoa. <laughs> I'm sober now, but. I I think I started. I mean, I never either drank a lot or like took a lot of drugs or anything but i i remember i did have a lot of fun yeah what did <laughs> you do what were you, what was I the punk getting, i drank when i was very young i mean because my parents were punk that was i was like yeah. kind of like into that when yeah. i was very little and then it sort of morphed more into like indie like 2000s i don't know whatever Cla was happening in the 2000s yeah. um 
but like I was thinking about it the other day like I did so much stuff before I was 15 like I saw the prodigy I saw Damn, like sick. the pixies wow. um um Iggy and the Stooges Jesus and the Mary Chain and I was so young and I was yeah, like well. that's cool that I just did that by <laughs> myself <laughs> but like I remember like all the money that I used to go to all those festivals and stuff was um by selling t-shirts, but band t-shirts. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like cute. Yeah, I but, I started going. You sold band t-shirts at the shows? No, like on, online. Online, you made them? <laughs> yeah, I made them in my kitchen. <laughs> like for uh, Iggy Pop, oh, or like, like for bootlegs. Who? That's that's it's like bootlegs. Yeah. yeah, and people, I made them with stencils, and um. Yeah, people like them, and they bought like older people. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like twenty five year olds. You know, <laughs> like they would buy them, and and yeah, that was like sort of my, like my job in a way. Yeah, seeing Jesus and Mary Chain very young that's that's impressive. I I, I started going to shows very very young. I just turned eleven when I went to my first show, which was the Vans Warped Tour. Um, <laughs> so nothing as cool as that. But yeah, no, I was twelve. The second Vans Warped Tour I went to, and. Uh, Gave Haley Williams my phone number, and she never called me. She so was 16 at the time. I was 12. Wow. One day we'll reconnect. So you went from punk to indie to artist to filmmaker. But you were a filmmaker all along. I was a filmmaker all along. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. How long have we been recording for? For a long time, probably. Yeah. We should do, we should do some closing remarks. Though. Yeah, closing remarks. Yeah, yeah. So, so plug the film... And uh, give big shouts to whoever or whatever you want to give big shouts to. My yeah. mom probably <laughs> such a great big job. shouts to your mom. Big shouts to my mom. Um, I don't know. The movie's called El Planeta. Um, the movie's called Planeta, Planeta. Planeta. and Planeta. Planeta. El Planeta. El Planeta. Great title. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be premiering very soon, mm -hmm. and all the information will be out, and everyone can watch it probably online because covid <laughs> and yeah i don't know and what's the instagram handle handle for the el planeta film el planeta film yeah go give it a big shout amalia mm. Ullman, thanks for being on the ion pod thank you <laughs> this has been the ion pack with amalia Ullman. if you want to hear more and just support go to patreon.com slash the ion pack you already know <laughs>